It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Stitcher, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to the show. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council for all your Panthers updates and whatever general thoughts come across my head as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers, Charlotte sports, and really whatever, again, it comes to my mind that I feel like tweeting out and sharing with the audience. So go ahead and follow me there. You want to do that because today is Friday and every Friday throughout the season, we're going to have our weekly Friday mailbag. We did it throughout the off season. I questioned maybe changing the day, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to continue to do it on Fridays. I see a ton of you guys listen to that show. So I'm going to continue to take your questions and continue to answer them. And we're going to continue to have the interaction that I like to do here and have here on Locked on Panthers. So follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, or you can either at me or DM me with your questions. If you did not get a question in this week, you can ask me a question for next week. So go ahead and do that right now as you're listening to the show if you did not get a question in. And if you have questions following the game on Sunday, get those in right away. Might even answer them early on in the week with next week's show on Monday, my reaction from the season opener, and we'll also look back on Tuesday. So if you have any questions, go ahead and get those in at Julian Council on Twitter. Let's go ahead and start, though, looking at just some things heading into the game on Sunday. A few more thoughts, and as we look at the injury report, pretty clean for the Carolina Panthers heading into week one. The only player on the injury report right now is Shai Smith. The Panthers rookie wide receiver out of South Carolina who suffered that shoulder injury back in the preseason. Matt Rule said then that it'd be a two to three week injury and later on did go on to say that Shai Smith would not be someone who'd be placed on IR with the new rules again with the COVID season. It would only be for three weeks. So Shai Smith still not going on IR. So I guess the Panthers expect him to be back either next week or in week three, that short week on Thursday night against the Houston Texans. Either way, he has not participate in practice the last two days because of that shoulder injury Friday they'll put out today later on they'll put out their final injury report I would not expect Shai Smith to play um, it'll be interesting though to see what they do at wide receiver with Shai Smith not available considering the only other wide receivers are of course DJ Moore Robbie Anderson Terrace Marshall the top three and then Brandon Zilstra the Carolina Panthers only with five wide receivers on the active roster heading into Sunday um, also some Panther news they announced Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, Dante Jackson, Brian Burns, Sam Darnold, Matt Paradis, Taylor Moten, and J.J. Jansen will be captains for the 2021 season. Third year as a captain for CMC. Second year for Shaq Thompson. None of these are surprising. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the face of the franchise currently for the Carolina Panthers. That could change if Sam Darnold plays as well as everyone is hoping for him to play this season and ends up being the franchise here in Carolina. Uh, Shaq Thompson, of course, one of the longer-tenured Panthers, 
captain last year, going to be a captain again. Dante getting his first captaincy said he was uh, proud to be able to lead these men into battle this season. Brian Burns, a no-brainer. Sam Darnold, your quarterback. Most quarterbacks typically are captains. I know Tua Tungavailoa, second year in Miami, first year as a starter, will not be a captain for the Dolphins. Raise a few eyebrows, something I'm not really going to be all that concerned about. But Sam Darnold, you know, Matt Rule's talked about it throughout the preseason. But Sam is a guy who's not rah-rah. He leads by example. He's not really focused on Sam being a leader right now. He's just focused on Sam understanding the offense, and the leadership will come. He's their starting quarterback. Of course, he's going to be a captain. Moten makes sense. Paradis, center. I don't know. It doesn't matter. J.J. Jansen, special teams captain. So none of those are all that surprising when it comes to the captaincy for the Carolina Panthers here in 2021. A few final questions that I do have heading into the game on Sunday and when I look at the wide receiver position and Shai Smith, I, unlikely to play, it feels like, with the uh, shoulder injury that he's had and not participating throughout the week in practice, the Carolina Panthers are going to only have four likely active. Might they try to address the punt returner situation with Alex Erickson, who they claimed off of waivers from Cincinnati? He was a punt returner there for the last couple of years. In his career, he's fielded 135 punts and 108 kickoffs with averages of 8 yards per punt and 24.7 yards per attempt when it comes to his kick returns. So he's been a solid kick returner and punt returner in the NFL. And he's actually been a pretty good receiver. I think a couple of years ago, he actually had like 40 receptions or something close to that and over 500 yards receiving. Now it's the Bengals. They haven't been very good. I think that was the year that led the Bengals to getting Joe Burrow uh, number one overall. So it's not like Alex Harrison needs to be a guy who's going to be a key contributor. But you know that he could actually provide something in a kick return game. And if things really get dire, he could potentially uh, line up out wide or in a slot and be a wide receiver for the Panthers. I'm just considering the fact that right now, Kick returner is going to be Chuba Hubbard. That's the main kick returner for the team. And then punt returner on the depth chart, currently at one and two in the two deep. Number one, DJ Moore is listed as the top punt returner. Behind him, Christian McCaffrey, a guy who I said should be returning punts anyways, considering how well he did at it at Stanford. But I understand the National Football League, you don't want to risk your top players in the punt return game and yada, yada, yada. Matt Rule said situationally, if they want to get a big punt return, then they'll put DJ back there. He's also said that most of the times there's very few returns in the NFL now with the changing rules of the kickoffs and then with punts and all that kind of stuff. So really it's just a designated fair catcher. So why not in the event that if you want a big return, shouldn't you want to always have a big return? So if that's the case, then why not put your most dynamic players back there? But again, I understand that's what the NFL, I don't actually understand, but that's what the NFL does. So there's really no point in me harping on it, even though I'm going to continue to harp on it. Uh, the other question I have going into the game on Sunday, outside of, of course, like Sam Darnold, what he does and what the defense looks like overall, they can get to the pass, uh, they can get the pass rush that we expect them to have this year and wreak havoc on Zach Wilson and his rookie and NFL debut. I'm wondering how the interior offensive line holds up. And I think that's a question that I'm not asking. I think all of us are asking after what we saw on that Friday evening, third preseason game, dress rehearsal from the first-team offensive line against the second-team Steelers defense. Matt Paradis mm, was really bad. John Miller wasn't great, but he won't be playing on Sunday. Dennis Daly will be starting in his place at right guard after Miller tested positive for COVID. will be out for 10 days because he's not vaccinated. And then at left guard, one of the guys that we spent a lot of time talking about this offseason who we have a major concern for, and myself, Included, I might be leading the charge there. 
I'm not trying to give myself too much credit, but I absolutely hate the move of Pat Elfline there. And it's also been said that Pat Elfline is probably more of a center build, which I think will be his future here in Carolina next season after Paradis departs. But for the time being, he's going to be playing guard where he's played the last couple seasons after losing his starting center job to Garrett Bradbury up in Minneapolis with the Minnesota Vikings when he was still a Viking. And then last year, the Jets was not good. This year so far hasn't given you much reason to be confident against Quentin Williams heading into Sunday. So how do those guys hold up? Do they allow Sam Darnold to feel comfortable in the pocket? Or is it a lot like we saw at times in that first half against the Steelers a couple Fridays ago? We will find out. So I'm very interested to see if the Panthers might try and bring Alex Erickson up to the active roster. That would mean that they would have to make a coinciding move that would put someone out on the street and potentially not back on the Panthers roster if they don't clear waivers. So I don't know if they want to make that risk at all, but we will see what happens. And then, of course, the offensive line's got to be better for Sam Darnold on Sunday if the Panthers want to have success. It's Friday, and that means the weekly Friday mailbag. So after this quick pause, I'll get to your mailbag questions once again here on Locked on Panthers. Yes, it's that time again for me to tell you about Built Bar. And just like here in America where we celebrate freedom, Built Bar also celebrates the freedom of choice. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Yes, even you. You can try some of Built Bar's best tasting flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate right now. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. Get a Built Bar right now. If you cannot make up your mind on what Built Bar flavor you want, you think that mint brownie sounds amazing and strawberry sounds amazing, which they are, and you want cookies and cream and German chocolate, well, you're in luck. You can always get a mix box, which means you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. You hear those flavors and you're thinking, there's no way these things are healthy. Well, wrong again. Built Bars are healthy. Most Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get into it. Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Cody. Starting off with you, he says, Friday mailbag question. Hope you're doing well, Cody. I'm doing well. Hope you are too. Obviously, the biggest question going forward for this season is how is Sam Darnold going to perform? You are correct, Cody. If we have him under contract this year and next, what would be the main determining factor should the front office decide to extend him? That's an interesting question, man. And he still has more. Let's see, uh, would it be wins and losses, playoffs, or individual stats of the Tepper regime focusing on analytics? Just curious because quarterbacks like Matt Stafford can be awesome and still suffer due to other variables, and quarterbacks like Jared Goff 
can do only a few things well, but still win with a great surrounding team. Thanks. And what's around you and who your coordinator is, is very important. We saw, if you watched the Rams back then with Jeff Fisher in Jared Goff's first season, he had no wide receivers and he was being coached by Jeff Fisher, Mr. 7-9, and 8-8. Eight I don't know whether you celebrate Jeff Fisher Day on July 9th or if you celebrate it on August 8th. Either way, Jeff Fisher, yes, he had some good years in Tennessee, but he also is mainly known for going 7-9 and nine and 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, but yeah, it was really bad there with the Rams when they first brought in Jared Goff. But once they brought in pass catchers like Robert Woods and got Cooper Cup and then Brandon Cooks and then Sean McVay, things really worked out well for him, which is the hope here in Carolina now that Sam Darnold has a play caller and Joe Brady, who still has plenty of questions to answer after his first year. But albeit he's a guy who's a bright young mind, the wonderkin um, offensive coordinator. We'll see how things work out here this year as he's likely to be a hot coach, head coaching candidate once again after the season. Um, in terms of just with Sam Darnold, though, hmm, that's a good question. The determining factor. I mean, wins and losses are probably the most important thing, right? If they look at Sam Darnold, they think he's going to be a superstar. And this is a guy they think they can win Super Bowls with, then yeah, they'll extend him. I, I personally am now starting to feel like this is going to be a two-year tryout because Sam's young and he has the physical tools that Teddy Bridgewater didn't have. I'm kind of thinking that this might be a two-year tryout. He's getting $18.8 million next year, whether he's on the roster or not. Certainly, the Panthers could add another quarterback, whether it's via a trade or through the draft, I just don't think that they want to sit around and wait for a quarterback in the draft, especially in year three with Matt Rule. If they wanted a quarterback by now with the first two drafts that they've had, they could have already gone out there and done it, and they haven't. So Sam Donald, too, they hope is going to be their guy. And something crazy, too. I, I went to the barber shop on Thursday, and my barber, I guess he cuts the hair of a couple coaches on a Panthers staff, and he was telling me that they're talking about the team's going 12-5, and five, which would be awesome in that they think that Sam Darnold's going to be a Hall of Famer one day, which is really interesting considering how bad he played his first three years. Like, has there ever been a Hall of Famer who's been that bad their first three years? And I know people are going to say Peyton Manning, but, like, come on, he's Peyton Manning. Um, he was always born to be as good as he was in the National Football League, and we'll see how things pan out. But in terms of the main determining factor, if Sam Darnold has to understand the offense – which Matt Rules talked about, like, this is his fourth offensive coordinator, or maybe his third yet. It's his third offensive coordinator in his four years in the NFL. And it's very hard to continually have to learn a different system year in and year out. So getting some continuity if Joe Brady comes back next year would be great, even though I think he'll probably still try to run the same system and have the same burbage. But if he understands it and he cuts down on the turnovers, if he doesn't turn the football over, the team's going to win games. Like, I don't see Sam Donald really being – that's his main problem. Accuracy has to be better. His receivers being able to win in man coverage, which he didn't really have in New York, that will help him. Yeah, wins and losses, I think, are probably the main thing. And taking care of the football. Like, so I guess that's a two That's two answers in one. I would say, yeah, if, they, if he leads a team, they're winning. And if he's not turning football over, I think that would lead to him potential. I don't know if they, that's ugh, it's so hard to give him an extension, though. Because that's they're getting a bargain here. Because if Sam Darnold's getting an extension and Carolina Panthers think he's his, their future, then he's looking at like $30 million a year. That's just a going rate for franchise quarterbacks nowadays. Are we ready to give $30 million to Sam Darnold? I'm certainly not, even after one good season. Let's wait and see. So we'll see how that works out with the Carolina Panthers. You've got things like the franchise tag they can always utilize in uh, 2023 offseason need be. I don't know if I really answered your question because I honestly do not know. I have the humility to say that. 
Um, and also, I guess that's a little bit of Hubert's to say I have the humility to say I don't know. Either way, I would say probably wins or losses. But yeah, the the playoffs, it's going to definitely make you feel like the quarterback's doing pretty well. But as I said back when Kyle Allen was the quarterback here, just because the Panthers are winning does not mean it's all because of the quarterback. I expect the defense to be much improved, which will definitely help the Carolina Panthers this season. And then, of course, the weapons that you have around, I think that will also be a key determining factor. Like when Allen won those four games, who Sam Donald's buddies with, those four in a row after Cam Newton went down, it was because the defense was getting to the quarterback and wreaking havoc, and it was because of Christian McCaffrey, who went on his way to a 1,000,000 season. It's a very long answer to your first question there, Cody. So sorry to everybody else for taking so long to answer that. Uh, Kurt, mailbag question. Now that you're on record for an 8-9 and nine record, is there any score for a Panthers win on Sunday that would change your mind? Like, if they only won 16-10, would you think they may be worse than 8-9? and nine? Or if they won 34-10 to 10 and absolutely dominated, would you think maybe this team could get to 9 or 10 wins? Obviously, a loss throws everything out the window, but no one expects that. Yeah, I mean, it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, right? Al Pacino, yada, yada, yada. Got to fight for that itch. Uh, Rich also, he tweeted at me and a couple other people saying, what happens if we get smashed on Sunday by the Jets? And I told him that the sun will come up on Monday and they'll play another game on Sunday of next week against the Saints. Like, life will go on. I'm not, I hadn't even considered that the Panthers could get smashed or blown out by the Jets. But I'm not going to overreact to week, to week one. If, if Sam Darnold goes out there and like those like six picks, then it's going to be pretty hard to be like, yeah, it's only one game. Let's wait and see. Because I feel like knowing myself, I'm probably going to be like, see? See? I told you. Um, I just don't really think there's much that can get me to overreact unless it's like something that, like, that wild. The Panthers won 50 to nothing against the Jets. The Jets are the Jets. They're not a good football team. Yeah, they get paid too. The Panthers should win this game. I think they'll win it convincingly, at least by 10, 14 points on Sunday. Really shouldn't sweat much at all. Yes, I think the Jets will cause a little bit of havoc there in the interior of Quentin Williams. He's a really good football player and the offensive lineman there in the interior outside of Dennis Daly. And he's someone who really needs to stay healthy. We're not very high on, at least I'm not. So, no, I don't, listen, I'm on 8 and 9. I'm on the 8 9 train, Kurt. I, I kind of already want to go to 9 and 8. Because I kind of feel guilty because I really think they're going to be a playoff team next year. And it'd be awesome to get those back-back winning seasons. First time in franchise history. But I can't just say what I want to happen as my prediction. I, I still think they're going to be eight and nine teams. Nothing I really that's going to happen on Sunday will get me off of that. Now, I didn't really, I'm not factoring in that game as a loss. But who knows? I'm not factoring in the game later on in the season against Buffalo right now as a win. Or either of the two games against Tampa. Week-to-week league. Any given Sunday. You never know what could happen. Brian. Says, it's supposed to be 88 on Sunday. Heat index will be much higher. Yes, it's still uh, that time of the year here in the Carolinas. Uh, since the Panthers had camp in Wofford, does that give them an edge over the Jets for a hot weather game? No. I mean, dude, have you been anywhere else in the country ever in the summer? I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a jerk. Uh, but seriously, like, it's hot everywhere in America. It was 100 degrees this summer in Seattle for like a week and a half. I was out in Seattle two years ago in the summer, and it was 70 it gets hot in a lot of places. New York City in the summer, it's not cold, man. It gets pretty hot, too. I don't know if the Jets are still out there at Cortland uh, throughout the summer where they used to do training camp. I don't know if they still do that. I don't really think they, the heat's going to affect them. Like Conditioning is something that will affect every team um, throughout the, uh, the first week of the season, especially if they're playing in the South. These guys take care of their bodies. They're going to take plenty of fluids. I, I don't see that really being much of an edge with the Carolina Panthers. I think the edge is the fact that the Panthers have better players 
and not the weather. Again, they're competing against themselves, not the weather. If it was like a hundred and like five, I'd be like, well, I mean, kind of concerned about the Carolina Panthers too. We'll see cramping maybe, but these guys are professionals. We typically see the kind of heat impact players more on the college level than we see it on uh, Sundays in the NFL when the season starts out. So Good start to the mailbag on today's episode. Going to get to more of your questions here in just a moment. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm kind of going back to Cody's question, still thinking about like what the determining factor would be, because that would actually be a really good segment to talk about at some point. But to give you a definitive answer, Cody, I'm going to say it's going to be whether he takes care of the football and can move the offense. If he's taking care of the football and then moving the offense, like, if they can have what they had last year with the numbers that Robbie and DJ put up and with Christian back again, and no, here's the real answer. I figured it out. The determining factor for Sam Darnold, yes, it will be wins and losses. It's not just a one kind of thing. It's not just going to be wins and losses or taking care of the football. It's going to be scoring in the red zone where the Panthers were 28th last year in the National Football League. And being able to go down and win games in two-minute drill at the end of games. Again, 0-4-8 last year in situations where they could either have won the game or tied the game. Whether it was on Bridgewater, Brady, the O-line. It was an organizational failure. It was an overall failure of the offensive unit. But either way, the quarterback at some point in time has to go out down there and win the game. The first time Sam Darnold does that, they might build him a statue next to Sam Mills. No, that's blasphemy. They would never do that. But there might be some people crazy enough to want that to happen. Either way, the reaction will be over the top and people will be excited. It will be a Panthers dub, which is fine. Get excited. First time he does that, if he does that this season, that will be awesome. So that's what I think actually will be one of the big key determining factors on whether they want to extend him. I don't know if an extension is going to happen. I'd be betting against an extension happening, not just based off of like my um, not believing in Sam Darnold, but more just so like, they, I don't know if they ha- if they plan for that when they're paying him 18 million next year. And there's other ways to kind of kick that down the line and try and wrap up guys like DJ Moore, potentially Dante Jackson before 
signing Sam Darnold to that mega deal, maybe doing another prove-it year next year. So we'll see. I think it's a two-year tryout, more so than the one-year tryout, unless he's just a complete abomination like he's been the last couple years. So that right there, his ability to go down and win games late, that will be the key determining factor for Sam Darnold, potentially getting an extension here in Carolina following the season. Back to questions. Mark says, good morning to you, Julian. He sent this to me on Thursday. I hope you're doing well. hope you're doing well as well, Mark. Um, who of the presumed upcoming quarterback class in college would you want us to target? Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, etc. Or would you ride with Darnold one more year since his fifth is guaranteed anyways and try to shore up the O-line? Thank you, as always, for putting up great, putting out great Panthers content, keeping it real with the fans, and for your amazing interaction with us. Have an amazing day. Thank you, Mark. I don't know if the content's great, but I try my best. And I always appreciate you guys seeing the questions. So that's why I do this. Um, yeah, again, I just don't really feel like David Tepper has the patience to, after four seasons, if they still don't have things figured out at quarterback, to sit here and wait for, what, three years for a young rookie quarterback to develop. I don't know if he wants that to happen. Like the Josh Allen situation that happened in Buffalo is what everyone wants to see. We've also... I don't think we've ever seen that. What he did last year was unprecedented for a guy to be fine. Like you see the potential, but the decision-making was just out of this world terrible his first two years. Yes, they went to the playoffs one of those years. But for him to go from a guy who's not accurate at all, and typically accuracy is something that we say can't be coached, for him to work his way to being one of the least accurate quarterbacks to being one of the most accurate quarterbacks, and for the Buffalo Bills to be operating their offense primarily by throwing the football, they didn't really have much of a running game at all. It was Josh Allen was their guy. They went as Josh Allen went. They weren't relying on a running game, something I think Carolina is going to do far more, obviously, than Buffalo because they have McCaffrey and to try and aid Sam Darnold here in his first season. But that's kind of what you hope for quarterbacks. Like you, you're not going to always have guys like Deshaun Watson who come out and immediately like, oh my God, he's amazing, or Patrick Mahomes who come out and immediately they're amazing. Like you have no idea typically. It's kind of a developmental thing, like with the Giants this year. We're hoping that Daniel Jones, Charlotte's own, um, but Duke guy, unfortunately, that he, now in his third year with Kenny Galladay, the offensive line's a complete disaster there, too. Great job there, Dave Gettleman. But they're hoping that now in his third year that you're going to finally see that leap. Do we really want to wait and see after two seasons that that guy's going to take that leap? Because the Bears didn't really get it with Mitch Trubisky, and now the Bears got another quarterback in Justin Fields, and the Bears are probably going to have to wait if they don't see it right away, which is unlikely in my opinion, for a couple seasons to know whether they made the right decision with Justin Fields. So, and the quarterbacks, if you watched any of them this past week, it was so stupid what people do in college football and all the week one overreactions. I know we're going to do the same thing in the NFL, and we do it all the time. We live in this microwave society. Like People got to freak out over every little minute thing in every game instead of just like doing that, breathing, taking a deep breath and taking it all in. That's why I told Kurt that, yeah, I chose eight and nine. I'm sticking to it. Like, unless they get past eight wins and it's like, well, I guess I was wrong. But eight and nine, that's going to be my choice. I'm not really going to let one week of the season change my opinion, whether they win or lose to the Jets or whether how big they win or how big they lose. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but either way, answer your question, like this past weekend in college football, like Sam Howell, Friday night, North Carolina couldn't protect. Sam Howell didn't look good. People are like, he's out of the Heisman race. Oh, this guy's supposed to be a first-round quarterback. He sucks. Okay, we're going to ignore the first two years at Carolina then um, and what he looked like with NFL wide receivers. And Rattler got outplayed by Tulane's quarterback. So those are two top guys. Didn't really look all that good. 
I thought Matt Corral from Ole Miss on Monday against Louisville, whose defense is still trash, looked awesome. So I would maybe target that guy. We have a long way to go. There are names that will emerge. I think, again, this is probably going to be more of a two-year tryout because of how young Sam Darnold is, and they want to get some sort of continuity and give him an actual opportunity. But again, not for long. We already saw how things happened with Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm not 100% confident at all that that will work out. I'm also not 100% confident, really not all that confident at all, as you know, in Sam Darnold. So I think that they're more likely in this scenario that you're bringing up here, Mark, to ride with Darnold for that fifth year and hope to God it works out. Harold has a question for me. He says, let's say Sam does well this season, 500 or over, which you can't be 500 anymore, unfortunately, Harold, uh, with 17 games. Do you think the Panthers will still go for Watson if his legal situation chances, or do we ride the wave? Look, if Deshaun Watson, legal situation chance, I don't know. It, I think what well, he's asking if the legal situation goes away. Um, if Deshaun Watson gets cleared, which again, currently, his situation is there's 22 lawsuits. And if you read the Sports Illustrated article, Jenny Rentis has done a fantastic job. She talked to someone who's not even suing Watson, who is confirming all of the things that these women are saying. Like, the John Watson currently is saying, these 22 women are all lying. It's very hard to believe that. Again, innocent until proven guilty, so he's currently an innocent man. But it's just hard to believe that John Watson is going to be completely lily white coming out of this whole situation again innocent until proven guilty we'll see but if he does and he's available I don't care what Sam Darnold does this year short of winning the Super Bowl and being the MVP of the year of the league which is not going to happen in my opinion like I would love for him to win the Super Bowl he's not gonna be MVP they're not going to the Super Bowl probably um he's got even if they go to the playoffs if Watson's available that dude's an upgrade we already know what Deshaun Watson is and to have his running ability yeah if he's available, I think they should still go get Deshaun Watson because then they could maybe even move Sam Darnold and be like, hey, he hasn't even gotten a big contract and get off of Watson's contract who clearly doesn't want to be in Houston and then give him one year of Sam Darnold of $18.8 million and then the Houston Texans can decide whether they want to extend him or not. So yeah, if he's available and everything is worked out, yeah, Deshaun Watson, he's a better player than Sam Darnold and the goal is to win a Super Bowl, right? feel a lot more comfortable winning Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson, a guy who's won on all the big stages so far in his career back in college. Um, and so far, he's done pretty well in the NFL, despite the only 4-12 and record last year. I'd rather have him than Darnold. doesn't matter really what Darnold does, in my opinion. I'm always going to believe Deshaun Watson's a better player than him. Like, Darnold's got a, got, a, got a long way to go for me to change my mind on that. Rick has a two-parter for me. He says, where do you think Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore rank among the league's top wide receiver duos? Do you think Terrace Marshall will be the highest producing rookie wideout based on his preseason? Uh, well, no. I don't think so, based off the fact that he's not going to be um, like the top target for the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be their fourth option behind DJ Robbie and Christian McCaffrey. You got guys like Devontae Smith up in Philadelphia. I'm not saying he's going to be able to do what Justin Jefferson did last year, but being the number one option, that helps. Jamar Chase, who's struggled with drops, saying he can't see the football because they don't have the white stripes like they do and have in college. I think he'll get that figured out, and he'll get more targets and likely be a higher producer than Terrace Marshall will be this season. That's just based off of just where he is on the pecking order for the Carolina Panthers. As far as duos in the league, hmm. Well, if Odell is healthy and Jarvis Landry is playing, I really like what they have there in Cleveland. Uh, we talked about, I just, I kind of mentioned Minneapolis or sorry, Minnesota. I don't know why I was calling Minneapolis. I mentioned Minnesota with Justin Jefferson 
and Adam Thielen, just based off of how long like how long Thielen's been doing and how good Jefferson looked like last year. I like that duo. Like they probably have like a top five duo in the National Football League when you're looking at wide receivers. I love the Rams duo, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I'm not saying that those guys are better. I just I love their duo. Always have. Um, I mean, God, Tampa Bay. Like, is what? Who do you want to make as their duo? Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, or you want to make? Mike Evans and Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Yeah, Panthers are definitely like top 10 as far as duos with their two wide receivers there and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore in the National Football League to answer your question there. Rick, final question. Alex says, over under three sacks the Panthers D on Sunday, over under two turnovers for Darnold. Definitely going to take the over on the Panthers getting more than three sacks on Sunday. I think Brian Burns is going to wreak havoc. I think Hassan Reddick, it's going to be meet me to the quarterback. That's the game they're going to play. I, I really like what they're going to do against that Jets uh, offensive line. Uh, is they're pretty much the same old line from last year. And whoever plays right tackle, wh- whoever's lined up against that right tackle is going to have fun. Whether it's Morgan Moses or it's George Fant, those guys are going to get embarrassed on Sunday. Over under two turnovers for Darnold. I'm going to go under. I just don't see the Jets getting, unless he gets sacked and it's a fumble, I don't really see the Jets secondary making any plays at all. And I don't think Sam Darnold's going to make that kind of mistake knowing the guy he's guys he's going up against on Sunday. So I'm actually going to say a turnover-less game for Sam Darnold. So I think about five and a half sacks for the Panthers on Sunday. I guess, well, not, you can't have a half a sack. So six sacks for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. And then uh, zero turnovers for Sam Darnold and the offensive unit on Sunday against the Jets as they roll the New York Jets and had 1-0 to start the season in 2021. That's another Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Counts again your questions there by adding me or DMing me, but don't get crazy. I also would like to say uh, Percy, who's one of our loyal listeners here on Locked on Panthers, let me know um, Thursday morning that his mom had passed. And I just want to send out my uh, condolences out to Percy and his family. He's a guy who's listened loyally to the show, always hits me up on Twitter, and is seems like a great guy. So I'm sad to see that, hear that, and hope his family's doing okay. If you guys, we're all family here. We all love the Panthers. If you guys could just send your best wishes to Percy, um, whether you know him or not. I'm, I'm sure you probably don't, but either way, just keep him in your thoughts. Please keep him and his family as he lost his mother. Um, also, um, as I weird transition here make sure to rate review subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts and on google Podcasts. you can check us out spotify stitcher odyssey you know where to find the show please go out and do that sunday following the game i will be putting out my reaction podcast that will also be monday's podcast so you can listen to it sunday probably gonna be out by 6 p.m right after the game after the game's over listen to press conferences gather my thoughts and i'll record so probably by 6 o'clock, that'll be most Sundays, you'll have that podcast ready to go. It will also be available on Monday, so make sure to go rate, review, subscribe, so you get that into your uh, your phones, download it into your phones. Again, thanks so much for listening to the show, and for the support, I will talk to you on Sunday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.